You are listening to episode number 27 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 27, and thank you so much for checking it out. This is part four of a multi-part mini-series called the Money Maker Series, and this began really in episode 11. I had an episode that I went over my top five recommended ways of making money online, and those are particularly applicable to people who are just starting out. And this is part four, so this is four of five of the top five ways. And this one is teaching and training. So this is different from creating courses, which I went over in the last episode, the last part of this mini series, which was episode number 24, which was on creating online courses. This is, I guess, similar, but different. So uh, just bear with me. Episode number 24 was creating online courses. And I still believe that to be uh, something that anybody can do and cre- can create a substantial income stream. And if you haven't listened to episode number 24, I highly recommend you go back and check it out because it's a great way to build some passive income streams with just a little bit of heavy lifting up front. Uh, this episode, however, focuses on teaching and training in real time, right? So like kind of like one-on-one or group teaching and training. Now it's different from coaching, which I'll be going over in the fifth uh, which is the final episode of this mini series, and that will be uh, probably next week, the week of May eighth. Well, that's when the episode will air. Uh, but this episode is is focused on something different. So, what is teaching and training? When I talk about teaching and training, what does that really mean? And why is it different from coaching? And why is that different from creating courses? Well, uh, you know, I did mention this in episode 24 when I talked about creating online courses and the reason that I think anybody can do it is because I think that anybody and everybody is an expert in something. I really do believe that. And if you dig deep enough with within uh, you know people that you know personally, you'll find that pretty much everybody you know is an expert in something or capable of teaching somebody else who knows nothing about something that thing whatever it is. So um, now I I had mentioned that before, like I said, and that's why I think creating online courses is great because you can create an automated way of teaching that to people. However, not everybody is capable of learning from an online course. Not everybody is capable from following a pre-laid out kind of curriculum. And that's why not everybody does incredibly well or is necessarily successful at taking online courses or, you know, not just through a a place like Teachable or uh, a place like Udemy, but an actual course from like a university, as an example. You know, I took online courses for my master's degree, and I know others that did that as well. And some of them did really well with it. I actually did okay with it. Uh, But I know others that had a really tough time not having the ability to interface with a professor, um, you know, like every single lecture and every single lab. And not every online course has to be completely automated, which is what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so you are essentially taking the position of a teacher in this case, or a professor, right? Teaching and trading. Now, think about some of the things that you are an expert at, something you know, like way more than the average person. And, you know, a good place to to start with this is like, take a snapshot of the people in your circle and think about some of the things that you're good at and think about how many people in that circle 
are also good at that thing. And uh, what you want to do is try to try to like really hone in on the thing that you know most about that not everybody else around you knows a lot about. Okay, so you might know a lot about something really simple, right? Something really common that everybody knows about that, you know, maybe they don't need to be taught or trained on how to do that thing. Uh, But what about something that's a little bit more niche, a little bit more specific? Like maybe you are, uh, you've been playing the guitar for 30 years and you are just an expert at a certain, like a, a certain blues style or something, you know, something really niche, something really specific, or maybe you are really into makeup, okay? And you're really a really good makeup artist and you're really good at creating certain effects uh, for like stage performance or something like that. You know, things like that, believe it or not, there are people, quite a few of them, that are going to be very interested in paying money to be taught on how to do those things. So the questions that are probably going through your mind right now are, uh, well, like, how do I get people to want to pay me? (laughs) That's the question. So you might be great at something, but how do you actually get people in front of you that want to pay you money to be taught by you? Well, so that's, that's the challenge and it's not that difficult, but it does take some time to cultivate it. And that's part of the game. So before I go any further, I'm going to just kind of put it out there that this episode is really two parts kind of jammed together uh, because in order to have teaching and training work for you, you're going to have to have the ability to draw people to want to pay to be taught and trained by you. So, you know, the part of this whole thing is, is audience building, or I guess, you know, like putting your stuff in front of eyeballs, like making your own marketplace, so to speak. And then the other part is actually performing the teaching and training and some of the methods that you can use to do that. And some of the ways that people can get the most value out of that. So creating an audience and putting yourself in front of people who are going to want to buy your teaching and training programs or services. So the short answer to this is find out where your potential audience hangs out, put content in front of them on a consistent basis that is of superior quality and demonstrates clearly that you are skilled and advanced and and, hopefully an expert in this thing, this topic that you want to ultimately teach and train and then put some kind of feeder in there that will get them to come back to your website or provide you in some way with their email address or some way of getting in contact with them so you can begin to build the, that audience. Right? That is the short answer. The long answer is essentially create a portfolio of what you are skilled at, whatever it is your expertise is in. Create that portfolio. Now that portfolio can be in the form of YouTube videos on a YouTube channel, one per week for six months or something like that. It can be in the form of Instagram. It can be like, you know, just really high quality shots that demonstrate whatever it is you're trying to demonstrate. Could be, like I said earlier, makeup. If you're a makeup artist or you're into makeup and beauty and wellness and all that, or if you're into uh, blues guitar, like we were talking about earlier, you can have audio clips. You can have those on Instagram of you playing the guitar and demonstrating something. You can have YouTube clips of you doing that. 
You can put stuff out on some other platform and then just link to them through things like Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. Uh, But whatever it is, you need to create a portfolio. And that's kind of step one. You kind of need to like prove yourself to, to the world that you can do this thing. Now, I want to point out before I go any further, another method that I absolutely do not like. And that is this. Have you ever been on YouTube or somewhere on the internet and you have had a video ad pop up in front of you that has uh, some, some guy, some young guy in his 20s or 30s standing in front of or walking around inside of a $10 million house with like four Lamborghinis parked in the driveway, you know, and a jacuzzi and everything is like ridiculously clean and there's hot girls in there. Um, and they're talking about like online marketing or something. Um, there's probably, I don't know, 10 new guys doing that every single week now. And they all seem to do the same thing and talk about the same stuff. Now, I remember when the first person did that, it was pretty eye-catching because it was unique. It was noteworthy, and his name was Ty Lopez, and he did a great job. And to this day, I, I have the utmost respect for his whole approach to doing that because it absolutely worked. Now, the problem is that everybody does it now. And just because someone knows something about digital marketing doesn't make them an expert necessarily. But even if they are an expert, what they're not an expert at is being unique with their advertising methodology. So uh, I guess another, my, my whole point, my whole takeaway here is to not use the exact same strategy, the exact same marketing strategy as somebody else try to do something unique, try to do something noteworthy, try to be yourself and not be the guy who already did that thing and was successful at it. So with that being said, let's back up a little bit and you need to create a portfolio in order to prove yourself, like I said. And I recommend that you do that in the best way that is most applicable and best suits your skill set that you're trying to teach and that best suits your audience. Um, Now, once you create that portfolio, all right, and you're showing and demonstrating your ability to do these things, well, then you can begin to build that audience. So now you have some ammo, right? Now you actually have something you can talk about, something you can show people. And this is where you can build a website, you can build a Facebook page, you can build, if you haven't already, an Instagram account, and you can start to publish like daily or multiple times daily or weekly or whatever, a routine, consistent content. And you know, it could, like I said, it could be blog posts, it could be social media through some other means, uh, but then you can start to have that regular content. And when you have regular content, people start to pay attention, especially if the content is unique and the, the content is, is just creative and refreshingly original and something that people are going to actually want to, to, to see because they haven't seen it yet or they haven't seen that thing in that context yet, okay? Uh, so, you know, I guarantee, now blues guitar has been around for forever, uh, you know, maybe not forever, but a very, very long time, and I guarantee that there 
are many approaches to blues guitar that have not been uh, have not been touched, and certainly no online um, teaching and training exists for. I guarantee it. And that market is just waiting for somebody to come along and fulfill that need, right? Now that's that's just one example. There are essentially infinite examples of that, right? There's a hole in in every single market. And there are markets that don't even exist yet. And they're waiting for somebody to come along and teach and train them how to do that thing, right? So once you're publishing consistent content and it's it's unique and it's creative and people are paying attention, you can start to build that audience, right? Now, audience building in itself is kind of an art form and a science combined, uh, there's a lot of parts to it, and there is a strategy, but not every strategy fits every single situation. Uh, but one thing that is 100% guaranteed to help uh, build an audience in any, um, like in any subject matter, in any topic whatsoever, is consistency and quality. So I know I just said that, and I want to double back to it and say it again: consistency and quality. If you are consistent with your content that you're producing and your content is quality, you will build an audience. People will begin to look at your stuff and they will begin to share that stuff with other people. And your fan base is going to be your best marketing strategy, period, for building your audience, right? Uh, If you have really cool content and they're sharing it with their friends, and they're sharing it with their peers, and they're sharing it with colleagues, that is going to be way more valuable if, uh, you know, when compared to something like an advertisement that they see scrolling by on the internet, or one of those like retargeting ads that just seems to like follow them all over the internet. Um, they're going to be much more likely to respond to a friend that says, hey, check this out, right? And it's coming from a trusted source. So build the quality content, put it out there, Put it out there consistently, build the audience slowly, and that audience that you build is going to be there for the long haul. All right, those are the people that are going to care about you. So uh, that's kind of like the the bare bones, like really short version of how to do that. Um, a, a great way to kind of make yourself appear more professional and legit is to have a website and. That website should be something that actually looks nice, and it doesn't mean that you need to go spend $30,000 on a web development team to build it. It just means you need to actually like get in there and uh, you know put in some elbow grease and make something like a, like a really cool um, web, WordPress website using one of the built-in or you know cheap, inexpensive themes and, uh, or hire someone else to do it, which is pretty inexpensive. and uh, just just have a uh, a place where you can represent yourself that's off of those social media platforms so that you can kind of appear like someone who actually is trying to build something. And um, that website is going to be where people can go to sign up to be part of your audience, right? To sign up to your, your newsletter, they you know to give you their email address. Uh, it's where they're going to go to try and get in contact with you, maybe outside of one of the social media platforms, it's a place where they're going to go to look at your blog if you have one. They're going to go there to shop for your services and products if you have a uh, an online shop there. They're going to go there to find out more about you uh, and 
potentially your your business, your brand, whatever it is. And anything else that you offer or anything else about you, they're going to go to that website to try and find out. So that is extremely important. And then on that website, you can link out to all of your social media outlets, whatever they are. And you can also have your portfolio on there. So whatever that portfolio is, you can have it on the website. You can also integrate back to whatever platform it's on. Let's say, like I mentioned earlier, if, you're, if your portfolio exists uh, entirely on YouTube or entirely on Instagram or a combination of the two, you can have all of that combined on your website in a way where they can see it all there and they don't need to go to multiple channels to see all of your work. Now, another part of this, as far as the audience building component goes, is webinars. Now, webinars can be tricky. Right? So people are starting to catch on to webinars. Um, it wasn't that long ago that webinars were used as a really good sales tactic, and they still are. But uh, a while ago, webinars were great for having like an example of a webinar. A good webinar sales pitch would be, hey, come check out my totally free, 100% free webinar where I'm going to, for one or two hours, whatever it is, I'm going to go over this 10-step process or whatever to build a seven-figure business. Like That's a pretty commonly themed webinar for online business stuff. And you would go to that webinar, and then somewhere in the second half of the webinar or kind of near the end, there would be a sales pitch. I mean, that sales pitch would start off slow and then it would ramp up and there would be a slide or two or three that explains why it's such a good value and why you're going to make so much more money off of it and, you know, how it's going to be a life-changing thing. And then the upsell, upsells just start stacking on. And before you know it, this free webinar wants you to walk away three or four or $5,000 short, Right. So they, you know, that's, that's how webinars used to work and, and they still do. People still go to them. People still attend them. People still buy products through webinars as a result. Um, I am a big fan of using webinars. Uh, I, I would use webinars like that, but I would also use webinars, especially if you're just starting out and you're trying to build an audience. I would use webinars without the upsell. I would use webinars 100% entirely free, no sales pitch, nothing. Um, and you know, all you're looking for at the end of the day is an email address. Maybe like, that's what you want to get out of people at the end. Like that, that, that's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you greedy. I am not a big fan of the webinars that have all the upselling at the end into the thousands of dollars, unless, unless that webinar and the verbiage around the description of the webinar is transparent from the beginning that there is going to be a product offered at the end, which is usually not the case. Okay. So let me just make that clear. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I don't think less of people who sell their products through webinars. I just, I am not a big fan of joining a free webinar that has claimed to be 100% free and only discussed, uh, and it was claimed to only discuss the content that is going to be totally free only to find out that the last like 30 minutes of an hour long webinar is a sales pitch, right? That, so I, I don't like that stuff. But anyway, webinars are fantastic for building an audience, especially if you are doing uh, the opposite of that, where you are literally talking for an hour 
or showing your screen as you demonstrate a software program or showing yourself demonstrating like an instrument or a skill for an hour and just having a Q&A going with these people and not asking for anything except maybe at the end saying, hey guys, I'm planning on having some of these in the future and I really want to tailor them around what you are interested in. Please throw me your email address and I will make sure that A, you're invited to the next one and B, it's tailored more towards what you are interested in. And you can also use that for surveys and other things. But the other thing, I mean, people aren't going to be able to get into your webinar typically without an email address anyway, but you can host webinars without requiring email addresses. And a lot of people may prefer that in the beginning. And if that's the case, you can ask for the email in the webinar. Um, but webinars are awesome and people love free webinars. They can come and go. Uh, they don't need to interact with you necessarily while they're in the webinar. They can just join in and consume, which is something that a lot of people like, especially if they're seeking a teaching or a training in a particular skill set or, you know, whatever your expertise is, you know, they may not want to interface with you right away. They just want to see what you're capable of. And if you're brand new to the space and you just have a little bit of a presence on YouTube or something, they don't know you. They don't trust you necessarily. So they want to see what you bring to the table. And a webinar is a good example of a place where you can go to do that. It's kind of like a meet and greet, right? They're all looking at you. It could be a hundred, it could be 20, or it could be a thousand people, right? And they're all just looking at you and they want to see what you have. And if you're online and you're streaming to them and they're watching, they you know, they're, they're consuming and they might go ahead and they might share that with people, but they're totally focused on you. People don't sign up for webinars unless they want to be there to watch you do whatever it is you're doing on that webinar. So I highly recommend using webinars once you start to get a little bit of momentum and that webinar can be promoted on like Facebook. It can be promoted on Instagram. It can be promoted on YouTube. Those are all great places to to promote a webinar. And I highly recommend that your first few webinars are totally free to join, obviously, and then totally free of sales pitches. I recommend that you just have content. And if people are interested in um, paying for a service, they will let you know right off the bat. They will let you know, I assure you. And then after the first few, you can begin to roll out teaching and trainings. You can ask people in general, you know, would you be interested in a training program that I provide on this particular skill? Uh, and if so, you know, type yes into the chat box or something, you know, you can do that on a webinar and then people will go in and they'll type yes, you know, or you can say, you know, type one, if you'd be interested in this type two, if not, and you can go ahead later and count the ones and twos and see what the split looks like. And from there, you can begin to understand what your audience really wants. See, part of this whole thing is understanding what your audience really wants. And teaching and training is such a great opportunity to make a second income or even a primary income as long as you're giving the audience what they really want and you're teaching and training on the very specific things that they're looking for. So let's fast forward time just a little bit and you've got an audience and that audience has shown and demonstrated that they are willing to and interested in paying for your teaching and training services. Well, that's great. So how do you actually do that? Well, there are a number of ways. Now, group teaching and training is very, very popular. 
And you can do that through Google Hangouts. You can do that through the Zoom platform. You can do that through um, Skype even. And that's great because you can have a handful of people call in. You can go over whatever it is you're going over. You can have some Q&A in there. And since you want it to typically be interactive, you can you know call on people for questions, to answer questions. And you can have you know, people ask each other questions and see how they respond, you know, things like that. You can get really creative with that. And it's, it's a really cool platform. So that's essentially group teaching and group training. Um, you know, and so just to, just to recap that real quick, right. In case we kind of got lost there, cause there's a lot going on here in this conversation is, you know, once you have your portfolio out there and you start to generate content, maybe you have a webinar, you build up your email list slowly, uh, you maybe run some advertisements to additional webinars and you run those. And from there you gather even more email addresses. Maybe even you talk about your teaching and training modules, and then you eventually launched your email list, your teaching and training course or your teaching and training service, I guess is the right way to put it. And then people sign up and you schedule it and you go ahead and identify and select a platform that you want to use and you begin executing, right? That's, there's a lot of parts to all of those things, but that's, that's essentially how it is. And it's, it is very simple. So the one-on-one aspect, which we did not talk about is essentially set up the exact same way. Only you would go after this if group coaching was not the best fit, right? If one-on-one was the best fit. Now that best fit could be financially, it could be the nature of the thing that you're trying to teach or train. It may be scheduling, like you may have a person in your audience that wants this service, but they absolutely cannot make any of your group trainings or your group teachings, like your your private classroom stuff. They might not be able to make any of those. So you might they might pay extra or they might want to pay and have you make a special case for them where you have a one-on-one right? That could be a service that you offer. And you just never know until you really get your audience involved and your audience engaged and see what what best fits your audience. Because everybody's audience is going to be a little bit different. Um, But essentially, if you have one-on-one trainings, they're going to essentially work the same way. You're going to set a, you're going to identify and, and set a platform for you to have that training on, whether it's Google Hangouts or Zoom or uh, Skype, and you're going to schedule it. You're going to call in to each other. You're going to have this interaction back and forth where you're you're teaching them on on something, training them on something, and ask questions and let them ask ask questions and demonstrate, and just run it like a class. You're running it like a class, and people would pay and do pay substantial amounts of money for those services. It's it's just the way it is. Um, there's things that you can learn from books. There's things you can learn from YouTube videos. There's things you can learn from blogs and online tutorials, but it won't teach you everything. Like all that stuff, no matter how crystal clear it is, it's only going to get you 90%, right? Or some percent that's not 100. It's only going to get you close. There's always going to be questions and the author is never going to be able to answer, answer questions. So think about a tutorial that you've looked up on YouTube before that was pretty clear, right? It had almost everything you need to know. Um, 
think about how many little questions you might have had when you were looking at that video. Or if you scroll down to the comments, how many questions did people ask inside the comments section that were never answered because the author either just never responded or they didn't, they, maybe they were overwhelmed because there was too many questions or whatever the reason. Uh, there's always going to be questions, which is why people pay for teaching and training, right? Anyone can go take an online course in Photoshop, but if there's an advanced skill in Photoshop that they want to learn, they, a lot of people would much rather pay for a few hours of time from a, an expert in Photoshop to teach them how to do this thing and have the ability to say, whoa, 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 hey, back up a second. I saw that you got this result, but I don't remember what you clicked to do that. And I don't remember why you did it. And what happens if you don't click it? What happens if you click that thing over there instead? You know, there's just like all these little questions that come up that uh, make every single recipient of that information uh, react differently. And so uh, the, the importance of teaching and training is, is huge. It's there. It's a real, like there's a huge real market need for that. And it's actually, there's a market need for the opposite scenario as well, where if you were to create an online course again on Photoshop and you were like way, way, way overcomplicating it by explaining absolutely every scenario in the world, uh, when you're trying to do like a, a blur effect or something, and you just, you know, you went over the top on explaining, not just what you did, but how you did it, why you did it, what would happen if you did everything differently, you know, that's going to create this insanely long um, online course and people aren't going to always respond to that positively. So, you know, online courses are great and they're essentially one size fits all for the most part, but people are always going to have questions, right? Which is where the teaching and training comes in huge. Right? People may or may not want the level of detail that you have in that online course. And they might also prefer to be able to ask you questions in real time as you're demonstrating that thing. Which leads me to another point. If you are teaching and training on something, then you better have at least thought about creating an online course on that thing as well. Because teaching and training and online courses, like I just said, have two, a lot of times, two different market sets. There might be two totally different types of people who are going to go after either of those services, but not both, right? And there could be a substantial amount of people in both ends, right? On both the online course end and the teaching and training end. So one more time, just to wrap this all up and try to make it all make sense, is you are an expert in something. Straight up, that is a fact. You are an expert at something. And there are people all over the world that would pay money to be taught by you in that field, on that skill, on that thing that you are an expert at, right? So that is a fact and just take that and understand it. Now, you can create a portfolio of your ability to do that thing and you can put that portfolio out on the internet. That can be in the form of pictures, that can be in the form of videos, that can be in the form of audio, that can be in the form of the combination of all those things. And you can put those out in the internet for free for anybody to look at. And you can start to promote those through consistent content also for free on platforms such as YouTube, 
Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or any other social media platform where you believe your target audience would hang out. And if you are consistent with that and you have high quality content going to those platforms, you will generate traffic. And as you generate traffic, you will begin to organically build an audience. Now, again, if that content is high quality, that audience will grow a little quicker and you will probably have a audience that likes to interact with each other about your content and start to share it, whether that's through hashtags or whatever other means, you know, that makes the most sense. And then as you build that audience, you will begin to interact with them. As you interact with them and they interact with you, you start to build a relationship and you can start doing things like launching webinars or launching Q and A's or ask me anything, right? AMAs on Snapchat, stuff like that. And you can talk about and demonstrate the thing that you want to ultimately teach and train people on. And as you do that, and you build an even bigger rapport with these people, you can start to ask them what they would want in a, tra- in a, a training module or an online interactive live training, whether it's group teaching or individual one-on-one teaching or some combination or variation of those two things. And from there, you slowly build up your client base of people who are actually paying money for these trainings and these teachings. And you build that up, you produce amazing results, and you start to like fan out from there. And that's essentially the whole business model. And there's a lot of money to be made here. A lot of people typically charge anywhere from 150 to like $500 an hour in some cases for trainings and teachings. And if that sounds absurd to you and you would never pay that, well, just understand that a lot of people pay that every single day all over the world to be taught or trained on something. And if you can't wrap your head around that, let it digest for a little bit and just understand that that is just a fact of the way things are, <laughs> okay? And so if you have a skill set that you think is exceptional and that other people would also find exceptional and would, would pay money for, which I assure you there are people who will, then try to understand that those numbers could potentially be realistic. And you are essentially being rewarded for your time building that audience and getting them all talking and interacting with each other and with you and showing them that you have this awesome skill that you want to train them on and also demonstrating that you want them to find the best version of themselves in that space, whatever it is, uh, by learning that skill set. So people are interested in paying on something that is essentially investing in themselves to develop that skill. Okay. That's how you should look at it because that's the way it is. And if you do all that and you follow that kind of roadmap there, then you should see yourself teaching and training online and creating a second or primary income all while doing it. And that income could actually be quite substantial depending on your product or service that you are teaching or training on. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. 
And the fifth and final installment of this miniseries will be airing in the second week of May, I believe, and it will be on coaching. Now, coaching is different from teaching and training. The buildup works very similar to developing that audience to coach, uh, but the coaching aspect is a little bit different, and I will explain all of that in the next episode uh, of well, the next part of this miniseries. And I think you'll get a lot of value out of that as well, because I think that you and everybody else also has the ability to be a coach. Just like everybody, I believe, has the ability to teach and train, and everybody, in my opinion, has the ability to create highly successful online courses. So we'll talk about that more in the next part of this mini-series. So take care, and I will talk to you in the next episode.